So we just felt to open up this final session of the retreat with some beautiful quotes from the course around service um, and even using all aspects of this world and our mind to really give ourselves to service, our body, our mind, and the miracle. So I'll just read these few quotes, um, there are a few lines each. You can let these wash through you, wash over you, <laughs> and be with them. It feels like a nice context uh, to set up this session. So, The body was made to be a sacrifice to sin. And in the darkness, so it still is seen. Yet in the light of vision, it is looked upon quite differently. You can have faith in it to serve the Holy Spirit's goal. The mind which serves the Spirit is at peace and filled with joy. Its power comes from Spirit, and it is fulfilling happily its function here. My mind can only serve. Today, I give its service to the Holy Spirit to employ as he sees fit. I thus direct my mind, which I alone can rule, and thus I set it free to do the will of God. A miracle is a service. It is the maximal service you can render to another. It is a way of loving your neighbor as yourself. You recognize your own and your neighbor's worth simultaneously. Amen. So with that, I'll pass it on to David. Thank you, Michael. That's, yeah, those are such different words. Words that really remind us how holy this is, that, that our devotion to God and our living a life of true service is, is truly very holy because uh, we're being called and and we are feeling the joy of answering the call. And there's a famous line in the Course that says, all are called, few choose to listen, but in the end, everyone will listen. Uh, so it's very hopeful. Uh, and this is a time for us to, um, to answer the call and to jump in. And... I was very touched by the the montage list night too and and the sharings and experiences uh i I remember too uh richard Richard Hahn up there in Canada was sharing that he said well it, it seems i'm I'm doing my job i'm I'm working my job, but it seems a bit slow sometimes but but uh certainly with that montage last night uh God friended me there was there was quite a bit of uh, a swiftness. Uh, with the flow of uh, the opportunities coming one after the other and the miracles. And then even when there was resistances that showed 
uh, how the spirit was still there, welcoming, still at work. And uh, when the, the willingness came back to serve and to be used, it, the swiftness came right back as well. And some of you know, too, that uh, Helen Shuckman, you know, when she made some kind of deep commitment in her mind to even channel A Course in Miracles, it took, it took about seven years from 1965 to 1972. And she definitely had her periods of resistance. Uh, some, there was a time where she just absolutely refused to pick up the pen and refused to write. And uh, it got very difficult for her until she finally uh, did come back to <laughs> taking down the dictation. And, uh, and Jesus said, yes, a good scribe uh, must be under Christ's control. And and that really applies to all of us uh, in our miracle-working function and, and answering the call. We we do need to be under Christ's control, and the more willing we are, the, the faster it goes. But I was quite amazed watching the montage that Jason had put together again from God Friend of Me because there, there was so many opportunities, and they just kept coming and coming and coming. And it's like the opportunities came so swiftly that it seemed to carry Miles, Kara, uh, and uh, Rakesh, that just carried them along like they were in some kind of a river. And um, you could feel the divine orchestration was there. And I think for many of us, and I know many of you, that's what you're really praying for. You want You want there to be a beautiful sense of being carried in the miracle where you start to recognize, you see the synchronicities, you feel the swiftness, and your heart starts to swirl in uh, happiness and joy of being used and, and being truly helpful. And so to me, I was just marveling at the, the parent-child uh, relationships that were being healed as Jason was pointing out, the giving, uh, the giving of the vision, the giving of the helpfulness, how how quickly that was the way, and, and beautiful with Anna Carroll uh, sharing what she was going through and how perfectly synchronized that was with what uh, was going on in the montage and what Jason was sharing and tying it all together in the sense that um, we don't have to feel like we specifically have to figure out how we're going to do this in form or who we're going to do this with. But, uh, and I saw Christopher also pointing out, you know, it's like, it comes to you. You just are willing. And then it just all comes to you so amazingly. And then you just step forward uh, and, and step into what's given you and feel the healing happening. So in some sense, it's like almost a sense of uh, it was just, a great witness to how you're carried along in this healing and you don't have to figure it out. And for me, this, this is very reminiscent. I remember when after studying the course for approximately eight hours a day for like two and a half years, I did start to go into a, a swift phase where I think I just made myself so available to spirit. I was just so open and so willing every day and I didn't have a, hardly anything that in the world where I felt like uh, there, was, there wasn't a lot of strong obligations and duties. I'd been 
following my hunches and my nudges and clearing away, uh, cleaning the plate, kind of leaving my altar open and then really putting the light on the altar and saying, use me, use me any way you want. And then uh, the, it got very swift. The, that God friended me montage was like my life. It would just be every day, wake up and it's like, wow, every day. It's like I was, I was so used by the spirit from morning till night and I would just go to bed with the biggest smile on my face, like, wow, that is spectacular. I'm ready tomorrow. I'll jump out of bed and be ready for the next day of being used by spirit. And so that's important as we start to live a life of service is that we're, we're in this flow of the miracle where we're being used in a very, very deep and profound and helpful way. But but there's not a sense of, um, of efforting. I mean, if, if there was so much effort involved in it, then um, it, there wouldn't be a sense of, of ease. And I don't think it would feel very swift. It could, it could feel very, uh, very much like a struggle or very slow and tedious uh, if, if it was the sense of, um, of I have to do something, I have to figure something out. But when you just really relax and let it all come to you, then it is quite swift. I'm just so honored, really, to be with all of you. I just see all of us joining together. We have such a shared purpose, and we're here to save time for each other. We're here to pat each other on the back. We're here to share our miracles. We're here to inspire each other. Uh, we're walking hand in hand and arm in arm to the light, and uh, and it feels like uh, it it helps build our confidence and build our, our feeling of strength on this journey. It helps us feel like we're not alone, like we're 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 a part of a symphony, and uh, we're uh, each playing our part. But it's like there's a grand symphony going on, and it's a beautiful melody and a beautiful song, and and we can feel grateful to be a part of it. And we're, we're really, really honored to be used in this way. So yeah, I just, I feel grateful and I'm really grateful Jason's there and, and Michael. And today uh, we want to um, just open it up with you and, and as we often do, uh, take a look at some of the questions that you've written in that pertain to the topic, the theme of the weekend, uh, open it up for spontaneous questions that you have that, that have just come from maybe watching the movie last night. Maybe you, you took some time to, uh, to ponder on it or to sleep on it, and then you, you wake up and you go, whoa, there's some things that are stirring, some new questions have arisen, or there's some things that are really stirring in my heart that I feel like I, I need to voice and I need to verbalize in front of all my brothers and sisters. And this is a great place to do that. And then also, um, you know, I talked about practicality. To, to me, Jesus is so very, very practical. And, and that's the, the, the most, uh, I guess the best, best description I can give is that I feel like this journey has has not been for me a theoretical journey. It has not been for me a, uh, an intellectual exercise. It has not been for me 
um, something that has been uh, painful and difficult. It's been, it's had a swirl of joy underneath it and it's impelled me and, and, and really carried me. And, and I feel uh, so grateful that I've had a, a lifetime to be able to use in this way to, to feel so supported and so nurtured and so carried to feel lighthearted. I do laugh a lot. I do break out into song. I, I am uh, happy like the birds outdoors that are just chirping away and singing around me here in Spain. I, I really feel honored that uh, life has gone that way. And I feel like I really want you all to have an essence of that feeling of, of the welcome, that you're so welcomed by spirit into this deep calling. And so I think also on this session, we will, we'll spend toward the end of it, uh, we're, we're just going to get into the practicalities of uh, giving examples of how we do spend our day, how, how we do join with brothers and sisters in what we call like a devotional stay where we, we live together and we, we share and we share the experience of, of opening up uh, our hearts together and what that's like because a lot of times people say can you just give me some examples of what what goes on in your life what it's like and and my life has had different travels of phases of travel and phases of hermitage and phases of community living and rejoicing together much laughter and so forth but we would like to to really tell you about that and also tell you about the dismantling that has occurred in our uh, awareness, in our consciousness. You know, it's like uh, what we seem to be, the roles we seem to play have shifted uh, dramatically. The way we perceive the world is, is very different from the way it was for me at the beginning to the way it is now. It's been, it's been a huge transition, actually. And there's been a dismantling and a, a falling apart and a falling away that was part of that. And then there's been lots of happiness and joy that's bursting joy that's come really to, to take the place of the dismantling. But the dismantling was essential. And so that's something that, uh, that Michael and Jason and I can talk about from, from our, so to speak, firsthand experience and what it was like, what we went through, and give you some examples. And if we're talking about a certain topic and you, you say, well, that sentimentally, that sounds, I mean, I can kind of relate to it, but can you give me some examples from your own experiences that relate to, to something you are talking about, some issue you're having, then we would, we would very much want to do that. So, um, yeah, and... And Jason, uh, what a beautiful session last night. Uh, I, I, everybody just felt it. It was uh, so heartfelt and, and uh, swift. It was moving swift, and uh, yet you were really helping bring out the thread of love that was underneath it all. But, um, yeah, maybe you can just share how you're feeling after <laughs> being used by the Spirit in such a way. Yeah, thank you, David. Yeah, hi, everybody. Yeah, I feel great. I just, even before the session started, I could feel something, some sense of harmony, like just 
deep desire to extend. And yeah, that session really did crack me open and, and seeing the synchronicities with AC and everybody speaking so perfectly, like it was just this just giant orchestration. And I, I feel what you're saying right now about wanting to continue to be in this, like use me, yeah, use me every day. And I'm just so grateful to be here and start afresh again, see everybody anew and what's, what's our plan for the day. Thank you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, why don't we um, open it up right away? Because I, that was quite, uh, I think, for, for many people, that was very emotional because um, those are some core issues. Uh, Kara with her mother and um, Miles, you know, with his loss of his mother and then facing death and, and having to be put into situations to be truly helpful and, and, uh, yeah, if any of you felt very uh, touched or you had some em emotional intensity coming up after that, um, that's kind of bubbled up today as, as a carryover and you have something to share or to ask, maybe we'll just open it up right away uh, to see what's there, what's, what's active. Okay, we've got three hands up. Um, Ashlyn Mighties are up first. Go ahead. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, thanks, Brian. We see you. We see you all. Oh, hey. Well, firstly, I just want to introduce our Ashland Mighty group and just say we're here we are, and um, we're just so happy to be here, and we love you guys so much. This is um, Christian, Olivia, Vashti, Amy, and Maribel, and um, Alexandra, and me, of course. Yeah. And after I speak, Olivia wanted to come up and share something. So, but I just wanted to say, um, firstly, I just love you so much, David. You're such a sweetheart in my life. And, you know, we've known each other for so long. And I just see how happy you are. And it's so inspiring. And, and Jason, too. I've never seen you so happy, Jason. It's, it's, uh, it's really beautiful. I, I mean, I feel, I feel like, wow, we're all just accelerating and, greater happiness and joy and Michael and so yeah that's beautiful um just so precious such a precious reflection in all of our lives so grateful all our lessons are in the course right now those lessons are all about gratitude and they're just you know bubbling up and inviting I think like to let it be so more natural you know like the gratitude and the joy to be more natural and but I, I get and what I want to say about the God friend of me is really kind of funny because Alexandra and I have been binge watching God friend of me lately. <laughs> we watched like, we watched like uh, maybe 15 episodes in the last three days before you guys showed those clips. So we were like right on track. And uh, <laughs> one more to go. We're like, Oh, we, we were going to watch them last night, but we, 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 oh, we better get to bed. But <laughs> So we're like you, Jeffrey, you know, <laughs> but anyways, um, we, you know, that we had a beautiful discussion after with our group and we were just looking at like, in a way it seems like unrealistic, like, you know, that there would just be these orchestrations of these amazing connections. And then, you know, like that's not true to real life, so to speak. But then as we just sank in and were like honest with our stories, it, all these stories were coming out from Maribel and, Christian and 
Vashti and Olivia and Amy about like how actually these miracle stories are there. And it's like the mind can almost forget about them. Or there's like a, there's a, a more of a conditioning towards saying, oh, it's not true. It's not totally natural or real. But then when you start to, oh yeah, wait a minute. I've had these amazing stories like uh, Maribel's mother was um, sick and got totally taken care. She lives in South America. We have three South Americans here, our, our um, Latin, Latino <laughs> representations, um, but they, they were just sharing these stories of how their mother was taken care of, carried up three flights of stairs, given free medications, like out of the goodwill of the taxi cab driver's life. And, you know, I mean, just amazing stories like this and how it's interesting how the mind can almost overlook those kind of stories in term in favor of like, well, that's not really normal or something like that. Do you know what I mean? It's interesting. To, I mean, I know that that's not what we're all about, but there's just some kind of conditioning in the mind that is more apt to see that that's not normal or that that's not the way things are. But when in, in fact, that's exactly the way things are moving towards, you know, that's exactly what's unfolding. So, um, yeah, just, I mean, I know for you, David, it's just like that every day. I mean, you just have miracles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I like God rendering me. I'm like, oh, cool. I totally relate to this show. Cause it's like, <laughs> into, this is my daily life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, anything you guys want to share about that? Um, you know, just how, how you've really moved into the naturalness of mirror, you know, when they don't occur, something has gone wrong. You know, anything you want to share yeah. about that would be wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're talking, Brian, it's reminding me that, that in terms of our mind and our dedication and even our attention, whatever we give to the Holy spirit is taken away from the ego and whatever we give to the ego is, is literally taken away from the Holy Spirit, the attention. And our mind is so powerful that that's kind of where this sense of forgetting or amnesia can, can kind of come in. And it can, it's almost like the ego wants us to kind of normalize or standardize or familiarize ourselves to this kind of slow rolling, moment by moment, day by day, you know, week by week, month by month, year by year, kind of a, a perspective that kind of slowly, just time slowly moves on. And, and it's really uh, not that way at all. But, but if our attention is given over to the ego, then it sure seems that way. It sure seems pretty convincing. And so I would say that that, that is really a call to, it reminds me of when I first read the Song of Prayer. Uh, and I was reading through that pamphlet and I was just being washed with all this love and and then I, I always start off a sentence and it really draws me in like in a big way. And it's, Jesus was saying, the secret of true prayer. I mean, when he starts a sentence off with those words, the secret of true prayer is, and I'm like all ears, you know, like to forget the things you think you need. And I was like, that's the secret. <laughs> of prayer. 
is to forget the things you think you need. That's what you, you know, that can seem like a little bit of gullibility, but he's like saying, no, no, I mean this. That if you take your focus away from the needs and all of the belief, I need this, I need, you know, the survival story. When you pull your mind's attention away from the survival story, you automatically give it to the Holy Spirit to show you a whole new world. And I like that, that, that actually uh, it doesn't seem prudent. It doesn't seem practical. It doesn't seem uh, doable to forget the things you think you need. In fact, most people would say, well, you probably will be dead soon uh, if you forget the things you think you need. Uh, you'll be dead on this planet. You know, it's not going to take long to die. And yet Jesus is saying, no, really, really, I'll use you. I will light your mind up in the most spectacular way if you will give me your attention and you'll say, I'm here to be a miracle worker. Use me, show me, lead me, guide me. Uh, then it actually works. You know, that's, that's, that's what I found. So I'm glad you brought that up, though, because otherwise the forgetting of the miracles, you know, they just get covered over by this predominant ego perspective, which, which is quite depressing, actually. And, and, it's, uh, and it's not our will. It's not our Father's will for us. Mm -mm. No, that's beautiful, David. Thank you so much. And it's funny because um, you're just reminding me, someone, I, I don't remember who said it in, in our talk last night after we had a little kind of wrap-up session when we finished and um, someone was saying something about how, well, you know, I, I, I wish it could be as easy for, for me as it is for David, you know, and like, um, I don't know anything. And I said, well, let me set the record straight. <laughs> David doesn't know anything either. He's happy, you know? <laughs> I'm like, clueless. You're right. I'm clueless. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's totally clueless, but he's just really happy. And that's really, you know, that's what we're all stepping into is just being totally clueless carefree and care for in this really happy way. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's really beautiful that you said that um, what you just said, because I feel like there is this movement towards, I think listening and following, but even a lot of the, I notice a lot of the, the, the things that will sort of come in, like it came in for Portugal for you guys. And, and that was just a, a nudge and to get things rolling towards, you know, your Mallorca place. It wasn't even, it seemed like it was Portugal, but then it was just, no, that wasn't it. So we really didn't know. So, but there's just a movement towards, it's like, you know, you just keep taking little steps and in a happy open way and things open up and suddenly, you know, there's, it becomes clear, but you, you know, the steps along the way, totally, they, they could just be to, you know, get you moving in a direction. They might not actually be the, there's still hypotheticals until it actually happens, you know? I guess even yeah. after it happens, it's still hypothetical, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it happens every single day. I mean, even this morning, you know, uh, this last day or two, uh, you know, I was just out there with Lisa in the yard and, and this morning, and she's just running around all fired up, eyes are big, and she's... Uh, just been guided to go to to Bangkok, Thailand, and so it's like she's just so excited, like a little kid that's like, "Okay, 
Oh, yes. <laughs> Bangkok. Here I come, Thailand, knowing absolutely, I'll tell you with Lisa, absolutely nothing at all about Thailand. And, and yet, in that clueless state, very happy to, to receive the guidance. And then, and then the miracles just keep unfolding. But I would say that's the direction it takes you away from this egoic past reference point, uh, trying to familiarization, which tries to lock you into time and space, into the body, into a place and so forth in time and space. And then it lifts you up into a, a realm that transcends the body. Uh, as you give give yourself over to it, so thank you for bringing this up because it's a uh, it's essential aspect actually of being of true service mm. is to be as open minded as as you possibly can. That's the last characteristic that Jesus mentions of a teacher of God in the Manual for Teacher, and and that's where this is heading. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, again, I'll just finish with thank you so much. Um, David, we just love you and Michael and Jason. And thank you, Michael, also for sharing your joy and how you're just expressing your joy through act, not judging the activities. That was really meaningful for, I think, all of us. And, um, and with no further ado, I'd like to introduce Olivia, who's a member of our group. Olivia is um, inspired to share something. So one up, Olivia. Hi, David. Hi. Hi, Olivia. Well, I just feel so grateful. Yesterday, I felt like you were speaking directly to me. You were answering every question that I had. And um, something came up for me last night where I went home after the session and it's come up for me twice. This is the second time I've heard it this week um, to express and you were saying uh, in terms of service to express your own joy and your own happiness. And then um, that's where true service can come in. And I find myself in this loop. Um, it really resonated with what you said about being in your late twenties and being, you know, 95% of you is still fearful thinking. I, I think I'm a little bit lower than that, but um, there's still a lot of that that creeps in. And I went home last night and I was really just expressing for the joy of it. And I was feeling everybody and feeling really uplifted by everybody here. And then I got caught in that same loop of expressing for myself. But as soon as the expectation um, came up for the way that other people receive it, um, it sent me into this loop of, of fearful thinking. And what happens for me is I express for my own joy, but if it's not received in a certain way that um, aligns with my expectations, then it makes me not want to express anymore. That makes sense. And so I feel like I'm caught in this loop, but um, I was really proud of myself. It touched me so much. I could see Jason's heart crack open when he was talking about the deer yesterday. And he just mm. held himself and he was like, but just be gentle with yourself. So at least I was able to stop in that place and just be very gentle with myself in a way that I haven't before. So I was really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. But if you could speak to that at all, I would really appreciate it. And before I leave, I just want to say I love everyone and I'm mm -hmm. so grateful for your presence and just for everyone on these calls. You're just, you're so inspiring. I, I just feel your heart. So thank you. Mm -hmm. oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, Olivia. Yeah, I think you're describing that that loop feedback loop is kind of like the old um, react and respond. You know, where we even even children are are watching their parents' faces. You know, and 
And when something happens, you know, if you watch small children, how they just turn and they look up at mom or dad's face, almost to say, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I don't know. Uh, And then they will cue in from the, the smiles or the frowns or the, the, the happiness or, or something else, and then make, make a conclusion and those conclusions build up. And then that's where these unconscious beliefs become really thick. There's a lot of um, reacting and responding that goes on. So, so in some way to be miracle minded, you're being asked asked to live like intrinsically, like to, to uh, step out of that loop and, and to pay much more attention to your emotions uh, and much put much less focus and attention on uh, interpreting the images. And that's the mind training system of A Course in Miracles. I mean, even, even if you look at the first two lessons of the workbook, nothing I see means anything, and I have given everything I see all the meaning it has for me. Just those two lessons are foundational and set the stage for what's to come, which is a complete new perception of the world, undoing old beliefs of time, uh, stopping reacting and responding and, and being more pausing and prayerful and intuitive and, and really getting in touch with what do I really want to come of this entire situation. And then at first it's very, it's very uh, strange, actually. It feels very strange, almost like it's not even human. And then the more you practice it, the more uh, comfortable you get with it and the more experience you get with it. And it's more like you, you really do start to like lead with what you truly want and, and can kind of start to work through situations and glide through the day a little bit uh, based on, on what you're holding in your mind. You, you don't forget the goal that you hold out in front uh, but it, it takes, it's like it takes a thought reversal uh, to, to really start to transfer. So I'm glad you brought that up because we call that good old fashioned mind training. You know, we, we see that every day, every moment of the day should be given over to mind training and not just uh, a few minutes here or there. It starts small, but, but you start to see that it's all about mind training and it's like a disciplining the mind, but it, it's not disciplining so much behavior. It's disciplining your mind and the thoughts that cross your mind and clearing away the unconscious. So thank you for sharing that. That's, that's uh, launching us all into this great mind training adventure. Thank you. Beautiful. Okay, okay Jeff. One more hand up, it's Eric. Hi, can, can everybody hear me okay? Yes. Yes, okay. Well, I just wanted to say, to start off, that I'm just overflowing with love and gratitude for this whole experience and everything that everybody is doing or not doing. And I just wanted to share a couple of miracles. Um, so I, some of you may know this already, but um, 
it, was, it kind of like harkened back. I kind of raised my hand at the end of yesterday's session. And, and one of the things that I believe it was Chris that was saying was he was talking about um, uh, letting things come to you. And, and uh, he mentioned Eric Archbold and the song Just Relax. And I was like trying to raise my hand fast enough, but we were at the end of the session, so I didn't get a chance to. But um, there, Eric and, and Tamara are on a tour of the U.S. right now, a guided tour of the heart. And they it was like a miracle. They came to us. Like they just happened to be in Michigan. And I've, I've been feeling like this, this like calling and, and really just trying to pay attention to guidance more. And, and it seemed very guided and it just all fell together. And there was many miracles while they were here. Um, there was just such great sharing. I mean, one, one of them, for example, was we, we um, had a session at the Interfaith Center for Spiritual Growth, which I'm involved with in Ann Arbor. And they have a, a weekly course group meeting and there was a, a lady that came that had never been there before, had never been to the study group, um, just was having a very hard time of it and feeling kind of devastated and stuff. And, and she felt a, a guidance to, to come there for that. And she thought she was just coming for this study group. And it turned out to be so much more than that. And they, they really connected and, and it was just, it was just beautiful. And um, I just want to also share kind of like the things that we some of the things that we reviewed or, or like that we not reviewed, but just experienced was you know, they, during their gatherings, they share a lot about the living miracles community and, and expression sessions and, and how this really works in their lives. And, and it was just so wonderful for me. And, and especially like me and my wife and our relationship, because she's not necessarily a course in miracles student, um, but she participated and, and we really, it, it was opening to us, you know, we kind of see, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing where I need to, in areas where I need to work to kind of take this to a holier place. I, um, I need to work on my defenselessness and I need to work on um, uh, that. And, and that actually kind of is another miracle that I wanted to share that yesterday I was, I started to pick up the book during yesterday's session and, and I don't know why I picked up the book. I think I was trying to find where the, where they were reading. I was, I, I don't know if it was me just like trying to open up randomly to the page that, uh, that was being quoted, but I, I didn't, I, I looked at it for a second. I put it down and, and I, I picked it up today and I'm, I'm in the workbook right now. I'm on the cal I'm doing the calendar year in the workbook. And, um, the lesson today is in quiet. I received God's word today. And, so I picked up the book this morning and, and it was like, you know, flat up, upside down, open to the page that I had at, at yesterday. And what came out was, let me see if I can find it now. Where'd it go? Well, I appear to have lost my marker, but it tied in resting in quiet with God and, and, and defenselessness and, and, and the need for this. And, and, and really I, I've learned for that for me, it has to do with, um, a lot of it is the need to be validated or the need to be right. And, and I, and, and I, if I'm not receiving that, um, then I get defensive and it's really, it causes a lot of, um, separation in my relationships, I guess. So, just the miracle of realizing this and like helping it's just helping joining helping in everywhere. I mean, everything's kind of coming together in a way I, you know, David, when you were talking about um, the joys of life and, and mentioned birds, I'm like looking up at a Robin in its nest right now. That's like 12 feet away from me, like with its eggs. And 
It's just beautiful. And I just wanted to uh, thank you for everything again. And also, um, you know, one other, but the last thing would be that like, part of me like getting on here, you know, I, I have stage fright still sometimes. Like I get, I get, um, and this is tied into the need for validation and defensive defenselessness too. I think that it's something that I feel like I'm just, I'm that's brain brought up in me right now and I just need to face it and I need to like just get through it and like just and, and just trust and know, and, and, I, and, and everything will be wonderful. So if there's any other stories that you guys have, as far as like, uh, you know, stage fright or in, inhibitions and, and working with people that, that, that could possibly be useful, I think. But thank you again. Beautiful. Thank you. Okay, Jason, Michael, do you have anything pops in the mind about uh, Jason's like smiling from ear to ear, almost like you're speaking all of his, his issues right now. So he's just grinning from ear to ear. That's exactly it. I was just like, I was loving everything you were saying. Actually, last night, Eric, I, I, I mean, it's all, everything's mirrors, right? Like the Course says, everything is a reflection. And, but something happened last night where I like, oh my God, it's all mirrors. The only way to not be defensive is, is it's mirrors. And yeah, this need to be right and this whatever that comes up, the only way to undo it, I just keep hearing is to be defenseless. It's like the first line of true defense, the atonement says. The atonement is a, I don't know, some kind of like a good sword or something. <laughs> double edge. <laughs> double edge. <laughs> It like, you know, it, it literally doesn't defend anything, but it doesn't make illusions real. So there's no illusions battling. And then the mind is soft and quiet enough to hear my brothers and sisters that are always saying something really beautiful. And then they're, they're, they're me, like they're, they're in a place that I can just relax and listen. And it was just like, I was just so happy when that really sunk in in a deeper way. And yeah, as, as for the stage fright, I, pretty much every time I get up <laughs> I don't know why I'm very, <laughs> every time I get up in front of a camera there's some kind of like like a mask or something that that comes up but for me it's it is just in the connecting and being in the joy that and sharing things that Jesus wants me to share that like lets the love come through so even in that Jesus uses it I think so, yeah yeah thank you Yeah, for me, it's, uh, I was extremely shy um, for, for a long time, for many, many years. And I, I know, you know, in my personal development days, I said, okay, I've got to get through this, you know. Uh, and so I had courses on a Toastmasters and all sorts of things, but it was a real push behind it. You know? And really getting into the course and coming to community here, it was, it's really the following the guidance, it's following the spirit has been a wonderful washing of a lot of that. And I can't say it's gone, but still, it still comes up, but it's, I can feel the washing. It's like stepping towards that which is given, you know, just simply following the spirit. He's there to, to gently undo the blocks that we have to the awareness of love's presence. So, you know, any of the blocks, it doesn't matter if it's shyness or aggressiveness or whatever it is, it is in that defenselessness of just saying, okay, not my will, but your will, Holy Spirit. You, <laughs> you show me what to do. And, 
you know, oftentimes it can be a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, that's, you know, it's just taking us a little bit out of the comfort zone. That's what the spirits are doing, just stretching that envelope a little bit. And, you know, the ego will, will come in with all sorts of things about, you know, that's not the way to go. Let's just, you know, let's enjoy the comfort of the body here and, and not do that. But this is the mind training that we're talking about, that we just need to take those steps that they are gentle. The spirit's never going to give you more than you can handle. And it's just moving towards it, you know, and that's it. Um, and there's always a miracle underneath it. You know, we were talking about the miracles there, about going to Thailand with Lisa and, you know, there's a lot of these, what can be seemingly big miracles, but I always like to remind myself that really a miracle is simply a shift in consciousness, you know, from right, wrong-mindedness to right-mindedness. And each moment, a miracle is available to us. And Brian was saying, if a miracle is not occurring, you know, something's gone wrong. Yeah, in each moment, we're not talking about, you know, each year, or each month or day, it's like each moment. If I'm not in that joy, something is wrong. And that's what we want to, that's what we want to be aware of, you know. I'm just, I've got Luna's question in my mind, actually, because it's very, I won't go into it too much right now, but I just, I just really feel that there's, um, she really wants the end, end goal, you know, to, to wake up and, and she really wants it. And in her question, I can feel this push and I totally understand it. I, I'm just, I've just done that so much where I just want the end, you know, I want the Z step and I think it's pretty normal with a lot of course miracle students but we've got to take our steps you know and the spirit is the one who's going to give us our steps if we just want that end yes it's nice to have it in mind the metaphysics are wonderful but there are steps we need to take and it's only the spirit that can take take us through them and each of those steps is a miracle you know just listening to the spirit in each moment is a miracle and that's what we want we can't downplay this and i can't say it even <laughs> loud enough or reinforce it enough because I always wanted the big picture, you know, give me the big one. Let's take the big step. And for me, actually, big steps weren't necessarily that much of a problem. It was more the little steps, you know, it was almost like don't sweat the small stuff. You know? And yet they're extremely important because they just open us up. You know, each moment is a miracle. If we want it to be, this moment is your miracle. It really is. You know, it really have to take it beyond the words. We've got to go beyond these nice ideas and experience them. And that's the mind training. It's the moment to moment saying, whatever comes in in the moment, you know, if it's wrong mindedness, if I'm often, often fantasy land, if I've got a judgment or grievance, it's like, whew, I can just come back in, choose once again right now. It's available. And, you know, the littleness is going to get washed with that. We don't want to stay with that littleness anymore that, oh, poor me. And it's just, it's a decision. And it's my decision. No one else can do it. We can have all these retreats. We can do all that. At the end of the day, I've got to make up my mind that I want to shift <laughs> from this wrong-mindedness in this moment to being with the spirit. So. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, you know, as you're talking, Michael, and, and Eric's questions are so good because everybody can relate to looking for external validation. Everyone can relate. I mean, that's what the first uh, couple questions um, have, have been about. Um, looking uh, like Olivia was talking about, like Eric's just been talking about, external validation, external uh, approval. Sometimes we call it people-pleasing, you know, where you your whole self-concept is designed to, to be liked, to put it simply. And then in Lesson 50 of A Course in Miracles, 
Jesus says, you know, you're really sustained by the love of God, but you believe you're sustained by all these other things. And he calls them, you know, pills, money, protective clothing, being liked. Jesus even calls it being liked as a defense against the truth. It's like, oh my gosh, that's pointing to this idea of external validation. And I was talking earlier about how when you really give yourself over, there's a dismantling that occurs. And I want Jason and Michael to talk a little bit about this. I, I fondly call, call this uh, the Maltese Inquisition uh, because Michael, you know, he had had a construction company, wife, children, typical, you know, career, all the things that, you know, are quite normal in this world. Jason's down there in uh, Australia. Michael's there. And Michael's going through disillusionment and, and also a total dismantling of the self-concept, which is the false self that the ego has made uh, to take the place of the Christ. And, you know, I just love the story all the time, but you've heard of the Spanish Inquisition uh, over here in Europe. This is the Maltese Inquisition. And this was, for Michael, one of those big moments, I think, of having to trust uh, what you would say, Olivia, is, is, the, is your inner, inner guidance in the face of what would seem to be a lot of uh, questions like, what are you doing? Where is this heading? What are you doing with your life? Uh, so maybe, I don't know who, who would have to start that off, but this, we all, we, in our community, we have different parables. And, and I, that's one of my favorite of all times, uh, you two with the Maltese Inquisition. You could share a little bit about that. Michael's from Malta. His family is from Malta. I think it'd be great for Jason to set it up somehow. <laughs> Did you say for me to set it up? Yeah. Yeah, great. Okay, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, okay. So this was really great because I I was just dri driving around Australia, going to these different houses and gatherings, kind of like Eric and Tamara. I was traveling with this lady named Mel. And um, we'd actually gone out to dinner with our hosts but we, yeah, I mean, talk about following guidance. We had already ordered our meal and I was feeling so uncomfortable. I, I we got to go back home. So we canceled the order. We drove back home and just meditated and rest because we didn't know what was coming. And Mel and I went out to the gathering and all of a sudden we knew Michael was coming, but we didn't know that he had used that day to start to share with his entire family and friends that he was going to let go of his wife and children and let go of his business and his, you know, a multi-million dollar housing business, the CEO position, everything. And so, which is what we love, but it was almost a little overwhelming in the door comes his whole family to the gathering, his cousins, his brother, his wife, his best friend. They're all coming in to the, um, to the, to the gathering, and I could realize that's why we had to be in such prayer beforehand, and Mel and I just kind of held hands, because the part that you probably don't know is Mel and Michael were about to be paired up, uh, and may already have been at that point, as mind training partners. I don't know if they had the relationship aspect come in or not. So they all came in, and I watched Michael at the back of the room just sitting there like this. I said, like, help me, Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we just did this. I thought it was a pretty powerful gathering. And um, maybe you want to share your experience a little bit, Michael. And then I have one thing about Frank at some point I could share. But yeah, go, go ahead. If you this, want is to like a, this is like a St. Francis story because, you know, this is very rare. I mean, how, how many times does that even happen in human history? I think of St. Francis, you know, when he said to his mother, you are no longer my my mother, you are no longer my father. I, I give you back my clothes. I give you back my name. And he disrobed in, in the little town of, of Assisi and dropped everything and walked, walked out of the town. That's pretty dramatic. For most of us, we would go, whoa, that is it. But in one sense, that's, that's the context of this. For Michael, it was a very deep calling. And this was no frivolous thing that was just coming up. This was like him answering the call to, to God in a very devotional way, kind of like a Mother Teresa, St. Francis, in a very, very deep way. And then you can share, Michael, because this, I'm sure, with Olivia and what Eric's talking about, you know, there's definitely got to be some associations there with family and, and, and wanting to, uh, you know, to, to be liked and, and appreciated and validated perhaps uh, by the family. Mm. Yeah. I think I'd like to start off by saying the journey is highly individualized. So, so you know, cause sometimes people get a bit frightened by this. I think <laughs> this was, uh, this is what happened. And I, I don't know if you knew even, Jason, that I didn't even know they were coming, right, the family, to this gathering. So I was there and suddenly they all sort of rolled in. Uh, I think they found it on the events page or something. They wanted to see what the heck is Michael getting into. It's like, uh, is this some sort of midlife crisis? Is it a cult? You know, what's going on? So they wanted to come out and check it out firsthand. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was quite a surprise for me to see them all turn up. And... You know, it was, uh, I feel like I just need to back up a little bit before that actual, what happened with that actual event, because, yeah, I mean, I've had, you know, businesses and, and family, I had a family with two kids and a wife, and and then I come across, I was involved in all sorts of spirituality, the course came in in 2004, um, and then I came across David in 2009. And it was Jason and Kirsten I happened to see in Australia one time just for a two-day retreat when I felt my heart just completely explode, actually. And I just said, I need to do this. And I didn't know what that was. <laughs> it was, it was, and what became very clear was joining the community and uh, being involved with all of that. And it was just really following a calling. It was actually, there was certainly some fear that cropped up, although there was something very certain. I just knew deep down that was very, very certain that I just needed to do this no matter what it took. It didn't matter what happened. And I, what was given to me so beautifully, my Jesus, I feel it was this, the depth of the ocean, the depth and the stillness of the depth of the ocean was there of the certainty of this decision and the storm that was raging on top, <laughs> storm in my mind. And with those around me, there was a lot that was going on just couldn't touch what was going on underneath you know the certainty of this that i needed to do this literally no matter what it didn't matter what surfaced it was almost like whatever was happening the storm the behaviors i just needed to take my steps you know move towards 
what was given at that time. And so it's not that there isn't, uh, you know, turmoil or anything in the mind, you know, and they're the doubt thoughts that are coming back. That's going to happen. And then at this, uh, at this event, then it was like, a, you know, the questions were being fired at <laughs> Jason and, and Melanie and they were, uh, you know, they were fairly into it too. They were really just asking and quite genuinely asking, what's, what is this? You know, what's going on? What's happened to Michael? You know, this guy who was, you know, pretty level-headed and even almost like the golden child in the family, if you like, the oldest one and, you know, doing all this stuff. And suddenly I'm, um, I seem to have cracked, you know. And the Spirit guided me through all of that. And it was really down in the depths of my heart that I felt I'm doing this for them. You know, I'm doing it for me. For you know, it's always about me. But everyone is blessed in this. When I'm following the spirit, I genuinely felt this that I'm doing it for them. It didn't matter what they were doing, what they were saying. It didn't matter the storm that seemed to be raging on top. I just know, in the depths of my soul, if you like, that this is for them. This is for the whole universe. You know, this is for the whole sonship. Truly, I really felt it. And Yeah, that's, and that was simply taking the steps. It's really just saying yes to the spirit to say, okay, I, I, I'm doing this <laughs> and I'm going to, to carry it out according to you. I, I couldn't navigate my way through this at all. It was, you know, very deep. It was properties and family trusts. I mean, you know, this was like, this was like the, the most screwed in person in the world. <laughs> Like, if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's like, I think this is what Jesus used me for. It's just like, uh, you think you're pretty wound in. Oh, i tell you what, I was wound in. <laughs> and so there was a big unwinding for me to to come to this. I mean, I, I felt immediately I needed to come to the community. And it actually took me a couple of years of unwinding to be able to get to that point to even come. You know, but all through that, there was amazing miracles. You know, it's like the miracles, just showered or cascading miracles were happening all the way through this whole process. It was really amazing when i started taking my steps there was this joy that happened all the way through it it was funny just the other day i was rekindling a memory about um one of the first unwinding here i am i've had everyone doing everything for me in my life um you know delegating things and suddenly my, my first assignment if you like by the spirit coming towards the community in 2010 was um friends of ours were coming to the monastery to help steward at the monastery and they've got this property out in the outback that's off the grid you have to generate your own water power and everything i'm there i'm given taken there with melanie to look after this property that's off the grid and there's two of us and the kangaroos don't do much you know they're not that helpful they look cute uh, although they actually get into the vegetables but you know they don't do anything so i've had to take on this property <laughs> myself no one to delegate to this was an amazing way that the spirit used for me to help unwind and i was actually raking the leaves one day and it was sort of cloudy and cold and i'm just thinking wow what the heck what's happened to me you know i'm doing this I'm raking leaves compared to this life i used to live and it was like this epiphany just hit me i'm just going wow this is this is more important this is more important for me and the whole sonship for me to be raking these leaves than to run a company right now. I'm saying again, this is individualized, but wow, it was such an epiphany for me to realize there are no small things, you know? And I was doing that. I actually realized with great love, and I just recently, 
like I mentioned, I just saw Mother Teresa talking about doing little things with great love. And then me realizing that it's all little things, that it's all so, everything is important. Every moment is important. Every moment is a miracle. Yeah. And so it's really just saying, yes, that's it. And we can just say, yes, be in the yes with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing on the adventures we get led through in the mind. It doesn't matter how seemingly small they are. They're all just so important. And it is all for the undoing of the mind. It's the dismantling, you know, and it's all glorious. It it's just depends on my level of acceptance or, uh, you know, acceptance and the yes in my mind. That's it. Because any resistance, of course, is just going to be reflected back. And the more I'm in the yes truly from my heart about, okay, spirit, you bring it to me. Because it feels like it's, I've gone through almost another, it's come back around again the last couple of months where I've sweeping again. It's, and what's come to me is like before enlightenment, you know, chopping wood, fetching water, after enlightenment, chopping wood, fetching water. There are no small things. You know, in form, it's going to look how it's going to look. Just to be able to be in the yes with that and follow those steps is extremely powerful and it's exciting and it's gentle, you know. Yes, we can have the end goal in mind. I want to wake up. Great. Now let's do our steps. <laughs> that's, that's a good thing to go towards. Let's not get stuck with that. Let's not, you know, as much as we can, not be disgruntled that I, my mind should be beyond this point. You know, I seem to be coming back to Muna's thing because it's like I, I kept wanting to, my mind kept wanting to say, I should be beyond this. There's something, else. whenever I do that, I just fall in a heap. And it's just, I just don't need to do that. Just be okay completely with what's given in the moment. That's where the joy is. And that's the most helpful thing to get me to that end goal. That's it. <laughs> just saying yeah. yes. Oh, beautiful, Michael. It, you know, I think the way all of this really relates to being of true service is this. Um, I remember when I was going around speaking to a lot of course groups and everything like this, I was I was so excited about the whole book of A Course in Miracles. And a lot of times, the, some of the greatest epiphanies that I had was when I got to uh, chapter, you know, 30, 31. It was like at the very, very, very end of the text, self-concept con versus capital self. I was like talking in course groups like that's it i mean that's the whole thing that's it i was like saying leave it all behind you know sell your possessions come be and live as i live and i sounded a lot like uh, saint francis at these course groups and people are like what, what chapter is that in <laughs> you know it's like it's like no it's at the end of the book you know at the end of the text i was so euphoric that every time I'd ever been defensive, we were talking about defensiveness, any time I was defensive, he says, whenever you feel the need to be defensive about anything, you have identified yourself with an illusion. And so I was like, wow. So this whole self-concept of David, my family, my city, my country, my career, my profession, my education, I was just like, hallelujah, that's all this concept that the ego made up and it's not who I am at all. So after 10 years of university and spending all this time in academia and grad school, 
I just chucked it all. I just dropped it. I was like, if that's what this whole thing's about, is dropping the self-concept so I can know myself as Christ, you know, and being of good cheer and really overcoming the ego in the world, then I said, this is fantastic. I'm so glad to get to the root of it. And the thing about it is, is when you want, you know, that old thing in the course about would you rather be right or happy? I asked Jesus one time, I said, what, tell me about this right or happy. Would you rather be right or happy? He, would, he said, well, what it means is, would you, be, would you rather be right about how the ego set up this whole linear construct of a cosmos? Would you rather be right about that or would you rather be happy? It wasn't about opinions. It wasn't about specific little things in my life and getting the facts right and everything. He was saying, would you rather be right about the way the ego set up the whole world or happy to see that none of it means anything and to chuck the whole thing? So as soon as I got down to that, I'm like, okay, I'll go for chuck the whole thing. Now, I don't know how to do that, so I'm going to need a lot of guidance to chuck the whole thing. But to live, you know, like you did, Jesus, to live as St. Francis lived, you know, these Buddha, these way showers, uh, to let go of the Maya, the illusion, I feel like that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you really get into the depth of the joy, the certainty Michael was talking about. He was drawn down into a certainty and, and he knew that he had to really let go of, of the identity that he had believed he was so that he could be used. The best part is all these skills and abilities that were developed as part of that self-concept can still be given over to the Holy Spirit for, for speaking, for sharing, for communicating, uh, not for trying to build something in the world or attain something in the world or achieve something, but more like Buddha and Jesus talked about emptying the mind. It's, it's perfect. So I'm just really grateful that you both kind of shared that, the parable of the Maltese Inquisition, because everybody can relate to it, you know. Uh, everybody can relate to when you start to have these spiritual insights, sometimes it seems like the people around you can, can be shaking their heads and going, I don't get it at all. And I was told, you know, David's not all there. David doesn't have all of his uh, marbles. Uh, he's... <laughs> He's gone, he's gone astray. He, it looked promising with the 10 years of university. It, it looked very promising for a while there. And then all of a sudden, I could just see in my parents' eyes the disillusionment. Like, oh, it, it looked so promising there for a while. Now he's pissed it all away. For, for what? Because <laughs> you know? my experience of Christ wasn't fitting into traditional Christianity boxes either. <laughs> And so uh, that was, I wasn't like going to become a priest uh, or something like that, or a priest or a rabbi or something. It was like, uh, it was way outside of the box. So that's, uh, that's one of the things we wanted to cover today is uh, how it just takes willingness to, to listen and follow. But the context of listening and following is, is letting go. And I can, I mean, I look at a lot of you, I've been at Muna, I've been at her house, she, she wanted to ask me questions, but she was, didn't want to bother me, and so she asked me much, we're still asked, we're still going through this, 
Jeff, I was there at Jeff's house up in Canada. Uh, and, and we had all these gatherings and everything. And then, and then I've watched these people like Jeff took many, many steps. And now he's on the top of the Andes Mountain down in Peru. None of us saw that coming. But there were steps all over the place. Uh, a lot of what people would say major steps. I just see in my life, I see so many witnesses of people that are so willing to follow the Spirit, to go wherever they're guided to go, to pour their heart and soul into this, and to give it all over to Spirit. And then they will tell you they do have these beautiful shifts in the way they see the world. But it's not from kind of an intellectual standpoint or an intellectual understanding of the Course. It's from the actual diving in and going on the adventure and letting the Spirit, you know, take away literally the self-concept investment that was there. So thank you. That's, I, I just always love hearing about the Maltese Inquisition. That's one of the, the parables, many, many parables in, that we've had, and I'm glad you all got to, to share that one. Maybe I could even just finish it too with, after everybody asked all their questions, we really felt like his wife, ex-wife, brother and best friend really did feel what this was about. You know, they asked all their questions and is this for everybody? And it was like, actually Frank, a friend who had five kids I was living with was in the room. He put his hand up. No, I'm not doing that. Jason's been living with me. We've never had this talk. And whereas for Michael, it was his, his calling and they came up, I think he even bought books and we just, yeah, we had a really good vibe. So. Yeah. yeah. Harmonious. Yes. So do we have any hands, Jeff, or are we all, all still? Oh, we have lots and lots of hands. I'm going to try and, I'm going to try and open it up to, to people that haven't spoken yet. So um, next on the list is, uh, is Mona. Go ahead, Mona. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, the raise hand for maybe 20 minutes before my finger went for it. <laughs> um, I can't see you, David. Here, I'll say something. Maybe that'll help. Oh, there you are. Hi. <laughs> um, well, I, I wanted to share because I've been following you since I met, met you the first time in Florida in maybe 2005 in a gathering and recognized you as someone who grasped the course fully. But I've been following you in the background, <laughs> watching all the YouTubes and all that. So I wanted to sh share so I can be sure that this is not another YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually live. <laughs> yes, this is live. This and is also <laughs> live, yes. Because one of the steps I'm on right now is really connecting, you know, making that connection. Um, also, I am in the helping prof profession and uh, I wanted to speak about true service. I'm sorry, my heart is racing. Hold on. <laughs> Oof. 
I've heard you once say that you you had a slow learner, and I always laugh and say I must be the dumbest student on the planet <laughs> because I've been teaching the same thing over and over and over for many years. <sighs> but anyway, so with True Service, um, I just wanted to share this with everybody that um, the contrast between sitting there in front of my client and allowing the master therapist, Jesus, to just come through. And the contrast with that, with my I know mind jumping in and using my learning <laughs> to fix the problem um, is one of being in total joy and peace and feeling completely aligned and coming home at the end of the day feeling energized. And the other one is feeling exhausted, tired, fatigued. Um, you talked about burnout. Um, I keep saying, I don't know how much longer I can do this. <laughs> so I just wanted to share the contrast. The other thing is, um, no compromise. After many years of being a therapist, I am having a harder and harder time analyzing, diagnosing people, <laughs> you know, giving them a label and then using whatever learning that I've been taught, high education, in order to fix them, right? So I'm having a harder and harder time with this and I don't know where that's leading but uh, I've never been good at following protocol. <laughs> I've always just followed whatever guidance is coming to me. Um, so this is just, I don't know if I have a question there. I'd love to hear more about compromise in, in the self, in um, being truly helpful. Um, and also I just wanted to connect and expose myself. <laughs> And I want to tell you that I love you very much. You're very dear to me. And like I said, you have been a prominent figure in my life without you knowing <laughs> since early 2000. So I love you very much. Whatever you share on this, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Mona. Yeah, it's beautiful getting to meet you this way. It does seem like... Um, that the deeper we go into spirituality, I'm reminded of a, of a part in the Course where Jesus says, everything I think and say and do teaches all the universe. And that ultimately, if we tune into the Master Therapist, to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit, that we're really praying for a purification so that all of our our thoughts, our emotions, our, our words, our actions, all are coming from a place of being truly helpful for the whole universe. And it's almost like of thinking of your mind as like a broadcast tower where um, in the end you just have such a purification that you're literally broadcasting and whatever, you know, I always say that about the Bible, you know, I always would re read the New Testament and I would get a copy that had the red letters you know, and that's where Jesus was speaking. And I was really loving to read those red letters as it felt like those red letters were for the whole 
universe. It, it was like the I am presence was speaking. It wasn't a man. It was the I am presence speaking for the whole universe. How that relates to some of the things like with your psychotherapy is um, that as your mind shifts and the, and you're used by the Holy Spirit, by Jesus, then the, the self-concept, I mean, even within um, therapy, you know, you can have uh, psychoanalysts, you can have behaviorists, you can have humanistic therapists, transpersonal therapists, and, and the last one, transpersonal therapist, kind of gives itself away uh, because I've, I've been grateful to meet a number of transpersonal therapists and they become more intuitive, more expansive, um, more in the moment, uh, more trusting. And when they are joining with what seems to be a client, um, it's, it's very much like the psychotherapy pamphlet that Jesus dictated where it, it, the goal of, of perfect equality is there, the, the, the disappearance of the roles where who's the helper and who's the helpee, uh, you know, those things start to disappear. And actually, of course, that does not fit very well into any kind of model in terms of the world. And it's the same way when you become a teacher of God. Uh, you know, the deeper you go and the more uncompromising you become as a teacher of God, your invitations may go down. <laughs> it's like people are like, we're going to get somebody who's a little more... Uh, uh, maybe balanced or something, you know, <laughs> because, because in this world, compromise is a good thing. You know, we would say in, in marital therapy, compromise, you know, is a good thing. And in uh, labor relations, compromise, you know, is a good thing. Then you get to A Course in Miracles, and Jesus says, salvation is no compromise of any kind. So he's teaching salvation and he's basically saying no actually compromise is not a good thing it's it actually is is part of a dualistic system uh that actually you have to let go of and and so that just shows you how seemingly radical this is but i feel like you know just like children once they outgrow certain little certain toys they just leave them laying in the yard or whatever um, as you go along and keep expanding and being used by the Spirit, things will just drop away. And uh, when they do, there won't be a lot of fanfare. You don't have to like get a gold watch or have a big cake with candles on it or anything. You know, they just, just like with the children, they just kind of fall away. And then you're just exceedingly happy uh, as, as they do fall away because you have no more need of them. So I would say uh, that's what non-compromise is about. It does involve whether it's family relations, interpersonal relationships, uh, job relationships and situations. You start to realize that you're just a conduit for the spirit. And then as you hear and speak what you're guided to speak and shine and share, then the whole world seems to reconfigure and, uh, and many things that seemed to serve before just seem to fall away, melt away. And, and that's okay. There's no sense of loss or grief with that. So 
Thank you, Mona. It's nice seeing you and nice meeting you. And I'm looking at my screen. I've seen you there on my screen here for a couple of days now. And I'm, I'm so happy to meet you and, and hear from you. And I love you too. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the way the Spirit has, has brought us together in this way. So thank you. Okay, we still have lots of hands if we want to keep going. Um, the next one up would be Peter Smith. Go ahead, Peter. Hello, David. Hello, everybody. Um, I can't see you actually yet, David. So. Okay, I'll, I'll say something. I see you, Peter. <laughs> I always enjoy seeing your face. It's so loving. <laughs> well, I wanted to... Firstly, thank you for what you said to me at the end of last retreat. And that, that's been really helpful. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's important to, it feels very important at the moment to, to be acknowledged, but to receive, to receive that, to receive it. And, um, so I've also just wanted to, I just really appreciated um, Michael and Jason for the last two retreats, this retreat and the last one. And I really, <clears throat> um, I really appreciated what Jason was talking about around the stage fright. So that, that feels like something that once when I was doing a workshop, the teacher, after I, I just, led a piece and it was a play on, on, on play. And he said, um, you suddenly just seem to go into fear. You were really flowing and connecting and people were really following you. And then you just seem to go into fear. And that, that is something that, that has happened a lot throughout my life, I would say. Um, and it's sort of what I wonder that's happening with Jason sometimes. Like, so, so I, it's really helpful. I appreciate his courage to be seen. Um, you know, so the, when you invited us, was there anything that was triggered off? I don't really know. I've seen those bits of film when I did uh, the retreat with Kirsten. Uh, in Brazil. So I'd seen some of those. So there's definitely issues of abandonment that come up for me. But when you when you asked us right at the beginning, I just couldn't stop weeping for the first 20 minutes of this session. I wasn't really expecting it. And maybe there's all sorts of things that I think it may be, but I may be ending a relationship, girlfriend, it's possible right now, I'm not sure. Certainly feeling all the feelings of abandonment and um, one of the things that came up and, and Michael was when he was a bit on, he was really on fire um, uh, uh, in the first session. And, but he also spoke about pride and that service was the real thing to wash the pride. 
and uh, over Easter I watched quite a lot of the MWG films on uh, on the Jesus films as I call them. So I was watching the the greatest story ever told, and I just fell asleep. It was about it was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and and he was going Jesus going to be taken away, and I fell asleep. I just and when I woke up, I just realized I couldn't bear to to watch what was going to happen. I couldn't, and I realized that I couldn't, of course I couldn't, but I couldn't, I couldn't have done what Jesus did, which was just to humbly be there. You know, and not react. I, I, I could feel my pride was there. My, I was my fury, my sense of injustice, the not being recognized, all of that stuff. And I know that, um, and I saw, I saw Ken speak about pride on one of his sessions, which was very helpful, very courageous as well. And um, my my early life involved um, just a very stiff upper lip, can-do family. Went to boarding school for years and years. Went into the army, and then at the end of a relationship. When I was thirty. Suddenly, my heart broke open, and I know. I've never really, this, this deeper place of pride, I think is coming up. So that, like, it's that sort of corollary to the shame that I've been sharing. And all that early life, I just had to put, so it feels important. So, I appreciate you listening, but just I've never really shared this, but I I just had to put on that mask really, and I never cried in public. Um, It just, I think that's, it's, it's so indefinable. There's no events to abandonment. There's no events to the absence of love, really, in one level. It's just day in, day out experience that just, just seems normal. And yet it's not. And there's just this layers of protection and I think I just wanted to share that. I think there's something else, but I just wanted to um feeling quite calm. I don't know. Uh, it just feels 
No, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm just feeling, um, I don't even know if that was, it was what I'd sort of slightly rehearsed, but it, it felt, it felt important. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I can speak to that, Peter, because I think, I mean, I, I sense since you first came on the first time to an online retreat that, uh, that this was really an opportunity to start to, to open up and expose. And it's just, there's a huge value in just being able to talk about, you know, it, like it was a compromise to stiff upper lip and not crying and, and having everything denied and repressed, what you're sharing is not uncommon for, for many people and certainly for many, many men. And it does take a sense of, of courage and willingness to just uh, begin to kind of begin to lower the mask because there's so much of, we were, we were taught to carry the mask and at no point uh, do you drop the mask? You know, that would be a sign of weakness or uh, the course calls that we, you know, we carry a face of innocence, Jesus says, a uh, top tier of two, of two self-concepts, up, upper and lower. And the, the face of innocence is, is sometimes wet with tears, but not when you're into denial and repression. You don't even allow that face of innocence to, to cry. And so... This is actually very huge because this is a huge step in awakening is, is getting in touch with the feelings, getting in touch with the pride, the, getting in touch with the things that were never even supposed to be questioned. You know, they were just supposed to be accepted without question, without doubt. And, and also, I think it kind of leads into what I call experiential awakening, like... Um, uh, I, for myself, knew that I needed to crack open, and I. It took many, many years, uh, actually, of of being willing to do what you're doing on these online retreats. I just seem to have to go through a rinsing process of doing quite a bit of it uh, to break out of that uh, grip and that hold. And then now, I would say, starting back in the late 1990s. Uh, I started showing up on the same island where I am right now. And I, the first uh, time I did this, I did a four-week uh, retreat. Uh, people say, what do you mean four weeks? And I said, yeah, that's really what it was. It was like a devotional retreat where we all come. I, I had done a 10-country tour of Europe. I had some exchanged money to euros. I put a down payment on a, a villa. Here in Mallorca, I didn't, first time I'd ever done anything like that in my life. And we came and we lived together for four weeks on equal footing. You know, we, there was, we were sharing things like there was a kitchen team and there was a, a cleaning team and some that uh, would look after the swimming pool we had and, and everything that was practical. We just came together on equal footing as equals. And uh, we would have sessions and lots of emotions would come up. And I started showing metaphysical movies 
like you were watching on NWGE with commentary, and we'd pause the movies, and sometimes we'd be there for four, four and a half hours every night, uh, sharing very deeply what you're doing right now. And then after that happened, I, the next, I was kind of a little surprised that Jesus said, yeah, you're going back to that same island, and now you're going to do a six-week retreat. And I, I was like, six weeks? Is anybody going to come? I mean, six weeks. I'd like, that's like an interruption in someone's life. I mean, they got to talk about taking a vacation. Most people don't, can't get a six week away for six weeks. And you, I mean, and sure enough, there's, you know, 20 people show up and, and then it was very impactful. I showed movies every night uh, and we, it was very deep and, it was like we were all on equal footing again. Here we are. We're just waking up together and let's do this. And then um, I was kind of surprised again when Jesus said, yeah, you're going back again to this island another uh, six weeks. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so now I'm here on this island and setting up a, a, a center <laughs> for doing this on an ongoing basis, like like every month of the year, <laughs> you know, eventually. So it's going from four weeks to six weeks to now like, like uh, around. But the best part of it is that there's great allowance to come together to trust. And some people were, were doctors. I mean, the last time I did a six-week devotional, one woman came to that devotional and she'd been diagnosed with cancer. And she had such faith that she came to this six-week devotional with me. And when she left, she was in remission. She, she gave herself so much over to letting go of everything that she believed, of, of treating everybody equally and working together and collaborating and cracking open and doing whatever it took that she left with, without that. Other people, after six weeks, they, they said to me, oh, my whole perception of the world has changed. I, I don't even know what's going to happen when I go back to my house. What, what am I going to do when I fly back after these six weeks that changed my life? When I land in my country and I go to my house, what will happen? And I said, well, why don't you make a Facebook group and, and all of you stay in touch? You know, let it keep going. Just let it keep going. Just give it over to the Spirit. So I'm really glad that you're uh, you're bringing this up because you know what you're perceiving is like in Jason being so open and transparent, and uh, you're doing it, and and we're doing it, we're doing it all together, and this is like the key to reaching that place of true service. We have to we have to crack open, we have to let things fall apart and break down because the mask has been held so firmly and we've been so identified with it that we didn't know there was any other way. You know, we just thought we were just doomed to carry this mask all the way through life and then get old and die. And now we know there's a better way. And you're, you know, you're demonstrating that every single time we, we have one of these online retreats, I just feel you just emanate kind of a, a, a sincerity and a transparency. And I did notice at the beginning of this retreat, I looked over at your 
thing and I saw your head was down. I just saw the back of your head and I thought, Peter is crying. Peter is, is using this time. And I saw your head go down and I could just see the top of your, the back of your head. And I really felt you really just letting those emotions up right there. You didn't turn camera off. That was fantastic. You know, you, you went through it and now you uh, spoke up about it. And so it's actually a witness and it's a blessing for all of us. So I just want to thank you for, for doing that. And I really feel like you're, you're going for this in the most sincere way. And, and everybody is blessed, you know, by, by what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Peter. Maybe that dovetails into the uh, our devotional stays and ideas about maybe some steps. We we've had a, a beautiful prompting. He was from uh, Sabine, who um, is actually coming to the to our Mallorca Center, and was wondering what are these devotional stays all about. And they're different to a devotional retreat. You're actually coming to live with us, really, and really get involved with how we live and how we go about the mind training, uh, and you know, which is very, very guided. We're very much involved with every moment is is following the spirit that we don't. Our bottom line here, unlike a lot of bottom lines in the world with profit and uh, whatever it is to trying to get something is undoing the self-concept is forgiveness. That's our bottom line. And everything we do is, is guided. Um, and when there's tasks to do, we use projects a lot as a backdrop for the healing of the mind. Um, so yeah, this is to help answer Sabine's question about what is it like to be in a devotional state? And it seems like a lot of others have, this question and it's an amazing step to come for a stay to help undo the mind from its rigidness and from the daily, you know, what we're used to. That's that familiarity that the ego wants us to be in to keep us really um, away from the spirit, to not listen to the spirit, to you know, the comfort of the body, the, the comfort of knowing what's going on uh, from day to day you know, an opportunity is to come and to really be and immerse for some period of time. I think it could be somewhere between two and four weeks. And that's an amazing way to link in or to help really move in the service mode is to be in service there, but certainly undo a lot of the concepts. So then you can spring forth, you know, back into wherever you, whatever you're doing in a completely reframed mind. As David was saying in the, devotional retreats that's what happened it's like this whole shake-up happens and you know it's like a shake-up from the old into the into the new so yeah this is um this is a wonderful way to to link in and uh, we'll talk a bit about if that feels like too much of a step there's a way to link in through remote volunteers but i might just give it over to david or jason if they want to say a bit more about all that yeah yeah thank you i um I, I was thinking of Sabine's question too, Michael, and we actually currently have a, a place in Mexico, La Casa de Milagros, that's open to devotional stays, and also in Europe where David's at, you can see there's four people, I think, currently in one right now on the screen. There they are, they're waving. My <laughs> 
And um, yeah, just to even share a little bit from my own personal experience about what that really is. I mean, when I first came in, we didn't have that term devotional stays, but the, <clears throat> the essence was there, which is, you know, you just come in and I had a couple people that had been here before me and um, were really devoted and joined with David and we're, we're getting a property ready. And, and I was reading the section walking with Christ yesterday where he says, you know, you neither lead nor follow with your brother. You are, you are equal. And like David was saying, with this Mallorca devotionals, just, you can see he feels this sense of equality with everybody, but the ego has set it up in terms of ego dynamics that you're either more, you more predominantly want to take the leader role or you more predominantly want to take the follower role and you come in with that, so to speak. This is just one example. And so for me, when I came in, I was to, to follow the people that had gone before me. And Jesus, Jesus even says in the course, a brother who's devoted, <laughs> I didn't expect this. A brother who's devoted deserves devotion. So it was like, listen and follow. And, and my, my control would come up and who are you to tell me this? And, and anger and, but actually, to be even more honest, I was pretty repressed. I, I couldn't even get in touch with the anger uh, because I would just do everything right. And so I, I required even more unique circumstances uh, <laughs> in the sense that one morning I woke up and went downstairs and the pot was left on and the two people I was with. And so I took the pot off and it was all burned, the thing that was in it. And I started cleaning it in the kitchen and one of the other ones came down and noticed me doing that, went back upstairs and they called me for a, a meeting and I went up and I just started getting so nervous and I didn't know why. And one of them said, could you, could you pay more attention next time about burning pots? <laughs> <laughs> <And laughs> oh my God, my rage. I just, <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> and he was kind of like, oh, looks over like okay you know no big deal but to be falsely accused it was like my work, my whole life was designed to make sure i wouldn't be falsely accused <laughs> so that that was one thing it was like coming up around leader follower but it was part of showing me it's all mine you can't avoid what it is and actually i'd asked for a day of silence one time just part of request you know no people pleasing sharing what i felt and they kind of looked at me like I was trying to hide, which I was, and I walked upstairs, <laughs> and a friend of mine that I um, had contact with from Europe uh, started calling me on my friends in her room, the other calling me on her Skype, so I walked in, I was like, what are you doing calling here? I hit answer and said, uh, hello, you, what are you doing? She's like, hi, you called me. I'm like, no, and this is not even my Skype, and right at that moment, they walk upstairs, and see me after my day of silence talking on their computer with this person. I was like, again, I'm like, oh, you know. And it was just like everything unconscious is going to come up into awareness. And I prayed to Jesus, like, what is going on? And he said, I will arrange time and space for you for your healing. And it is going to be very quick here. And, and then, of course, as the years went on, I kind of got more into a leader role and, and strength. And then that would be taken away and I'm back in a follow role and assignments that where I use my skills assignments where I had no skills whatsoever. And that was a little more rare, like 
to face something. Oh my God, how do I do this? And I mean, one of my greatest miracles is where I thought I knew how, how to be like a builder, being a building. So I was given this task to reshape this um, Hawaii property, but three of us, two people had no idea how to be builders or design nothing, no knowledge whatsoever. And I went to Home Depot and I kept hearing on the way, step back and let them lead. And I was like, they don't know what they're doing. And so I walked into Home Depot and I couldn't listen. And so I just started getting the things that we needed. And, and it was just terrible. No help, nothing was coming our way. And I remembered, oh my God, I'm not supposed to do this. So I stepped back. And soon as they stepped in and I gave them room, all these Home Depot angels showed up of nowhere and lifted things. Did, they didn't have to do anything. It was just like miracle after miracle. Even the builder that we had hired, an electrician, showed up in Home Depot to give them the exact specs. And I got so excited that this was all happening. I got right in there and took over. And they all disappeared again. <laughs> <It was> just... <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. Step out again. So it's like all, everything gets used, you know, and when you're down, someone will take you to a movie to just perfect timing to get your spirits lined up. So it's this real orchestration in these, in these times together that I just wanted to share a bit from my experience about yeah, what it's like to come. So thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Jason. That's, that's what we want is just to get a glimpse of it because, because even this, the seeming structure of things change, uh, like, uh, one time, that's how I got to, got to this island, is I, I was giving a, a retreat up in, um, in Ireland, in uh, Dublin, near Dublin. And I'm giving this retreat, and then uh, one of the, the women says, can I have a one-on-one counseling session with you? And I said, oh, okay. So we had a session, and she was we we talked about you know she was looking for her soulmate and why haven't I found my soulmate and the, some typical things that come up in one on ones and and then she said uh, oh and another thing <clears throat> she said five years ago I gave my property over to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and I said use it for your purposes and she I said well what's the problem with that and she said they have done nothing for five years it's just been sitting there. I give it all, I give it to them to use, and and they've done absolutely nothing with it. What are they waiting for? Uh, you know, it's like, this is ridiculous. I said, where do you live? She said, in Mallorca. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. So I said, where? And she said, oh, just out of Palma, there are three buildings, and, you know, I would love it if you would. She said, I just, I just heard about you. And I jumped on a plane and came up to this Dublin retreat. And now I'm just telling you that I, I think I would love to see my property used for one of these retreats or whatever. So I said, well, here we go again. That turned into another six-week devotional stay. And, uh, and while she was getting the property ready for the devotional stay, this guy, handyman, showed up. And she fell in love uh, with the handyman. And so she calls me up and she goes okay, the property's ready for the six-week devotional. And I found my soulmate, too. <laughs> she happened to, you know, I was like, yeah, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, they're not waiting on anybody. You know, they're just, they're so ready to, to let it all be used. And um, I see our Mallorca there, there on the left, Rudy and Jesse, 
you know, they're here in their camper. They drove, they, they drove through a storm from Portugal in a little motor home. Uh, and then they hopped on a ferry that went to another port and, and they had to go through high waves and all these things. And, and they made it here. You know, it, there's not any kind of like structure or uh, some kind of formula for this, you know, is the call of our hearts is to, to be of service. And, and uh, I know we, I talked to Res, Jesse and Rudy and they were saying, yeah, they didn't know if it was a sign that the storms were a sign or what happened with the ferry. Is this a sign to, to turn back or, you know, am I supposed to really be here? We do have to go through a lot of, of experiences and we have to keep our torch lit and we have to keep it out front. And amazing miracles come when we persevere, when we hang in there, when we, we, like Jason was saying, when you can be told, step back, and you can actually step back, then you can behold the miracle. Even though there's temptations to jump in and control the situation again, when we really can step back, it's just the most glorious thing and so yeah i'm so i'm just so glad to be able to watch this and and behold this and and really uh you know right now over here we're just still in startup phase you know we're we are at still at the beginning in some in many many ways um but the same dynamics happening the miracles just come and the devotion is there and uh and the heart does open up it's beautiful I think yeah, the, so, the big thing is too that there can be resistance. You know, the resistance is going to show up, and the doubt thoughts are going to come in. It was classic there with uh, Rudy and uh, Jessica there with the, the storms. Do we turn back? You know, the ego knows it's, it's getting undone. It's <laughs> stuff is going to come up, and I, I've got Sabine in mind as well. She was she wrote in another question uh, last night, I think, about uh, watching God friended me that. Miles was on there and there was something tweaking in her heart. She was thinking about Miles Davis, the trumpet player, and she used to be a trumpet player. And, you know, is that a sign for me to take on the trumpet again? We're always about really just following guidance, of course, following the spirit and following the symbols so that they're really clear. But, of course, the ego plays that game too. So (laughs) I would just say you just want to be really prayerful and be open. And, you know, you do want to come for a devotional stay. The doubt thoughts will come up, the resistance the distractions will try and come in. So if that's one of those, we just want to be mindful of that. Um, it might become very obvious that you're meant to, but, you know, it's almost like a saxophone or a trumpet will fall in your lap and, you know, and there'll be a whole lot of things come in. But for some reason in my mind, it feels like some sort of doubt thought or resistance. So I just wanted to share that <laughs> in terms of that one. And uh, we just see it a lot, you know, if you, coming this way or you decide to come for a devotional state, just no stuff's going to come up. There's no question about it. Uh, the ego is going to try all it can to stop you from doing that. And I might just sort of segue then into um, the gentler way to, to get LinkedIn or to help and be of service is to be a remote volunteer. We have many of those around the world where you can do that from your home, which is a beautiful thing to, you know, transcribe David's talks, for example, or there's many different projects depending on your skills and, uh, you know, to fill in an application for that even is a wonderful experience for yourself just to, just to be able to put that out there and it mightn't be 
timing now mightn't even work, but just to put the application in, it can be in the, you know, on the database. Uh, and also for a devotional stay, if you're really feeling a tickle for something like that, you can fill in that. And it's, you know, you just really encourage you to be very, very prayerful. I know when I, my devotional stay application many years ago, I'm glad someone mentioned that to me, just to be very prayerful about that because I was so monkey-minded and my mind was all over. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'll do that. No, to be very, very prayerful, um, it's an amazing experience to go through the either of those applications, particularly for me for a devotional stay application. I did it over a couple of days, actually. I just was in a lot of prayer, changed things I noticed, and I, it brought up a lot of stuff for me, actually, and it was, it was beautiful in that there's a beautiful joining that can happen with... Uh, with us and we can go into that with you. So, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, Michael. It is very much that um, sometimes we have a term called ego backlash, ego whiplash, and that's just another term for uh, resistance can come up. So when you take, start to take a step towards allowing the Holy Spirit to dissolve away these unconscious beliefs and go through this dismantling, um, the ego would like to delay or halt the dismantling. And so, um, you know, after watching this go on for, for years, for me, decades, it's like the ego is quite clever at um, trying to throw up all kinds of roadblocks. And and uh, we just have actually, they become kind of funny parables and stories to us. Um, and even in our committee things, uh, when someone's going through resistance, things break down, fall apart. Uh, you know, some of you know how that works when you start to have some flashes of insight and love and you get close to this experience of love and then all of a sudden you seem to start to have developed symptoms with the body. It's like, oh, come on. You know, here I've just had my heart's opening up. I'm feeling all this love and now body symptoms? What is this about? You know, this is, again, the ego is terrified of love. It will try every trick in the book to take your attention away, to slow things down. We've had people sometimes that have traveled hundreds or even like a thousand miles, and then they get close, and then they tell their parable of how they were tricked into turning around and, and going back. Uh, one woman one time uh, had driven across the United States to come to our Living Miracles Monastery for an event. Uh, she had had some hesitations and delays along the way, but she got there at the very end. And when she arrived, most of the uh, residence spots, the cabins, the, the campground things were all uh, taken because of, she said, this resistance and delay. So she was shown to her... Uh, her place where she would stay. And she said she just hopped in the car and drove all the way back across the country after having made it uh, to the monastery because the ego reacted to the place that was offered to her that was available. And she said, that's absolutely unacceptable. And she hopped in her car and drove all the way back. I mean, we've, we've seen kind of extreme cases where the mind is so terrified of awakening that it will throw up all kinds of things. And you do have to be persistent and you do have to be determined. And then over, over time, you get better and better at these seeing these tricks for what they are. 
and all of us have gone through these. So the, there's nothing to be embarrassed or ashamed about when these things happen. Uh, that's, that's just uh, the ego kicking in uh, with some resistance. And the mind is very powerful. So the, you know, the experiences can, can seem to be, uh, it can be judged as heartbreaking or devastating when actually it's just, it's just fear coming up, a bit of an ego backlash. So we do experience these things, and, and uh, we have a lot, a lot of us, we could say we just experienced them for so many years that we're a little more tuned in, and we, don't, uh, we just don't react uh, anymore. And uh, when I traveled around the world, I had a lot of things that would come up for me. But the spirit was always gentle, and I always just learned great patience and, and steadfastness to really hang in there and and pray and listen to the guidance so yeah we're just so with you and that's it takes a, a lot of determination to hang in there because it's it is like your mind is upside down and now with the holy spirit's help and jesus you're turning your mind right side uh and it's it, your mind can feel a bit like a tossed salad <laughs> sometimes and that's part of the practice too that's part of the process. Well, we still have a little bit of time. Um, maybe we have time again for one more question or comment. Uh, Jeff, do we have some hands up? Sure do. Yep. Mike Clark, go ahead. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, I want to say that I'm going to be at a devotional retreat in Mexico next month for the month of June. And I'm, I'm looking forward to comparing notes with Michael about being so screwed into life and so attached to what I thought life was that uh, I expect um, a different result to come, <laughs> to come out of this. And over the last four or five years, I've been unscrewing myself from from my former life and uh, some of it I had planned and some of it was a total surprise to me, but I've gradually been paring away all the things that <clears throat> I thought were my life. I thought were important. And uh, David, I saw you, we were in uh, Rancho Santa Fe in Southern California a few weeks ago. And that's what inspired me to look on the website and, and see if there was such a thing as a go a place to go stay for a month and experience a devotional stay and I'd been on the website many times and all of a sudden the first thing I can see when I open the website is a devotional stay. So, you know, sometimes I have to be hit in the head with a two by four to <laughs> hear. And I thought that was a big flashing green light for me that um, I needed to do this. And so, and the process, as Michael just said, was uh, uh, I love the process of the application even. And I've been, uh, I've got, my project, I guess, is, uh, has started already before I even get there, and I've loved that. And um, I must say that uh, sitting here right now, I've never been as inspired in my life mm. about uh, what is about to happen. And, uh, 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 <laughs> people, people were people have been talking about validation. And, uh, and looking for it, I wasn't looking for it, but I just got two hours of validation. And I am so damn thrilled. You cannot believe it. <laughs> uh, uh, so. 
that's all I have to say. Wow. It's worth it. We, we were all participating in that witnessing uh, for the love and witnessing for the go for it. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. It's beautiful. I, re- I think I occasionally get to see these uh, devotional stay applications too. I feel honored when they, I, they come across. And so I get to, to read them and they just touch my heart uh, because uh, it's much more thorough now. I mean, back when I was putting it out, you know, I, for these six week uh, stays, you know, uh, I would have a little bit of an idea who was there, but we would all just kind of they one come together and, and greet each other. And I wouldn't have much of an idea, just the trust in the spirit. And we're all here equally. We're all in it together. But um, I'm very touched by these uh, devotional stay applications because I get to read them every once in a while. So thank you for sharing that. I'm glad we could all be a part of that for you uh, as you get ready to head down to Mexico. And thank you all. We have we're just coming up to the to the hour now, but um, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. These uh, online retreats are so delightful. Uh, we actually are so happy to have them. We really pray on the topics that we are going to have every month. We are very excited to see your faces. To interact with you and to let the spirit guide our interactions and organize arranging time and space for all of us in the most glorious way. And this is, uh, it's very much of a family to me. You know, we, we are here sharing from our hearts and being transparent. So just, I just want to thank you again uh, for being part of it. And then maybe Jason and Michael, you want to share the final words for this uh, really holy uh, encounter we've had over this weekend. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, David. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, everybody. I just, this has been a real boost to me just to remember, you know, I'm only giving to myself and this, yeah, just to launch into the joy. And I'm so grateful to everybody. And I just do have the monastery in my mind just to let you know too, though, this summer there may be some more unconventional opportunities to share and extend. So just stay connected with us. Um, we always put out these opportunities um, quite, quite everywhere. So just stay tuned. Thank you. Mm, yeah. And for me, a big, big thank you. It's just such a, a thrill and such a joy for me to be involved here with you. I totally feel you in mind. It's, it's, I just love the depth that we go to and it just feels like it's, it's getting deeper and deeper in the mind, the connectedness that we really don't need to have the bodies together that we really can join in the mind. And um, I just feel like I want to part with something, you know, it's back to something that Muna was saying about how rigorous I need to be in cleaning my thoughts. And the answer is very rigorous. We need to be very, you know, uh, attentive to our thoughts. And a very important part of this is to do it with gentleness, you know, that we don't want to make something happen, that the gentleness, I was so heavy on myself and it was the ego coming in, the spiritual self-concept is so insidious. So I just want to part by saying, be gentle with yourself. We've got to be attentive to those thoughts. We want to stay in our right-mindedness and do it gently. So thank you and much love. I'm just so grateful. 
Thank you. And thank you for all on the chat. I see JC offering her thanks and Roberto, Anna, Gertie. It's so, your love uh, is so precious, you know, and, and we feel your love and gratitude. And that's the spirit underneath all this, uh, pulling us through and, and, and bringing us together in this way where we can really feel the experience of our hearts opening up. And that's to me the greatest, greatest thing of all. And I think the more you do that, you start to get really, like uh, Brian said, clueless and carefree, and, and you feel very cared for. Somehow you feel wrapped up and embraced by the Spirit uh, without this feeling of having to direct the way and figure everything out. It's actually quite, quite delightful. So we love you all. And until the next time, <laughs> we love you.